Shut up and sit down. Well, holy shit. The kid is back. Welcome to Once You Know Me. I'm Jonathan, and I've been out with some really shitty chest congestion for like probably three months straight now. I even went to the doctor, I got some antibiotics, got a steroid shot in my ass, and it didn't resolve the issue. Uh, It's just been kind of a wait and pray kind of thing, which I'm used to since I was in the Navy. So here we are today, I'm finally back. I can actually laugh a little bit without me getting into some sort of a coughing fit. I can can at least do activities outside and... And, and play around with my kids without having a coughing fit. So I think I'm finally on the mend. Things are getting better. Uh, they're looking up just a little bit. Um, I, I think it's all kind of made its rounds or something worse is, you know, creeping into my system and it's just knocking out this uh, really pathetic uh, chest congestion that I've had uh, for so fucking long. So really sorry about the break. I know that that's annoying as hell, especially if you're a subscriber and you're, you know, waiting on like new material each week. I can't help it. I, I'm really sorry. I, I almost got on here a couple of times, but every time I went to sit down, um, I started coughing just from the beginning. And I was like, you know what? That's going to be terrible for me to try to edit. I do all of my own editing. I don't have anyone that's like an audio engineer uh, helping me out with this thing. So I, I do all of the production and everything in my small little corner of an office inside my house. And, uh, you know, all I can do is what I've got, you know, at my disposal and it's 10 times harder if I'm trying to go in and edit out, you know, me coughing in the middle of some sort of a discussion. Um, this, uh, this episode, uh, I'm going to talk about something different than what I wanted to talk about when I first came back. I, I wanted my first comeback, uh, episode here to be about the way me and my wife got together, which is, I think, a pretty interesting story. And it was actually a request from someone that I knew in the Navy uh, because he um, he's a a guy that we knew. uh, He was in our department. He wasn't in my division. He was a yeoman in my department. Um, But he, he knew of us. He knew our whole he knows what's kind of what's going on, but he doesn't know all of the details. And he thought it would be interesting for me to kind of give our perspective on it because it was kind of one of those oh, they weren't supposed to be together, uh, sort of for, you know, deals like in the Navy, they have huge, um, like widespread fraternization, uh, demands basically. And we were kind of treading that, uh, line very, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very ridiculously, <laughs> uh, to say the least we should, we could have gotten in trouble or at least gotten frowned upon and, uh, kind of, you know, shunned in the sense one of us sent off to a different department or something. Uh, so anyways, that didn't happen, but, uh, mainly because we kept our mouths shut, but, uh, that will be another episode that comes up later. It'll be, you know, pretty long. Uh, it's not something I can sit down and break down the whole thing in like less than 20 minutes or 35 minutes. It'll probably be a full hour and I may get somebody to come in on that episode with me just to kind of have someone, you know, I think it feels a little bit more uh, natural for me to have someone to talk to instead of me like kind of sitting here and laughing at myself like I'm fucking retarded. Uh, It's kind of 
not good listening material, uh, in my personal opinion, unless I have a specific layout for that. Uh, I do listen to podcasts from guys that are sitting down at the desk and they're, you know, basically just one dude rodeo here and they knock it out of the park and they do a really good job. And in most part, I'm going to do that. Uh, I do want to get to the point to where most of the episodes are me talking to other dads or me talking to somebody that's kind of got uh, some interesting background. Um, you know, because although this is a, you know, once you know me is really about me being uh, somebody that originally when you meet me, you think, man, that guy's probably an asshole. Um, but once you get to know the person that I am, I, I think, and uh, this could be complete speculation, people could still think that I'm a complete asshole, uh, but they don't tell me later. But uh, for the most part, I think once people know me and they realize like what I'm about and how I'm a you know very uh, faithful friend, I'm you know any I'm definitely going to get somebody that I find uh, as a friend. I've got their back. You know, at any point in time, at any day or night, uh, they can give me a call. And I, I think for the most part, everybody that has a chance to actually sit down and talk with me, they get past the the brash and crude humor and they realize that I'm not such a terrible person. Although my humor is about as dark as it can get, uh, I do know that there's some people out there that can take it a little bit further than I can. But for the most part, I don't think there's very many people out there that find all of the things that I find funny uh, just because... I laugh when people get hurt. I laugh at inappropriate situations, even things that would normally make me, you know, sick at my stomach if something like that happened to me or my family. But I can't help it. That's just who I am. So anyways, kind of rolling into what we're going to do today. Uh, I want to talk about Nike because those motherfuckers went and done did it. Colin Kaepernick, uh, you know, it's no secret to anybody what he did. Uh, I think with the biggest problem and the biggest misconception of anybody that's on the right is his understanding of why he did it. And there's also a very hypocritical aspect to this that contradicts what they're telling people to do. Um, For instance, when you get angry about someone kneeling at the national anthem, uh, I need you to stop complaining about people blocking traffic. Um, I, I don't see how you can get mad because people were blocking traffic before Colin did what he did. And for the most part, I didn't hear anybody on the right and including myself say, Oh yeah, that's a great way of protest. You know, it makes people uncomfortable. It makes, you know, it puts people in situations that they do not wish to be in. And for, for the most part, you at least get to see uh, that some sort of a message is being made and it gets, construed and and misaligned because you know there are people in traffic that when you're in a car you want to murder people that just kind of barely inconvenience you for a second much less some asshole standing in the middle of the street stopping you from moving altogether and no one's going to get your message i i I need that to be a very clear thing that I, i i agree with most of the people that hate these types of protests no one's going to get your message if you're blocking traffic. Just get that, plant that in your fucking noggin and understand no one gives a fuck about what you're saying. You could go out there and say it's not okay to rip hearts out of one-year-olds 
and throw them at dogs. And no one's going to give a shit about that message if you're blocking traffic. It's a terrible, it's a terrible position to to put yourself in because you could get hit by a car. But it's also just not a good way of getting your message across. Uh, but while I see that and I say, man, these guys should do something better to protest. There should be a, a less possible violent way of you doing a protest. And then Colin Kaepernick goes out and he kneels during the national anthem. Now, like I said, this is a multi-layered thing. Uh, it's not like he just started kneeling at the at the national anthem with a big sign saying, I'm doing this because of police brutality and because of you know systemic racism or whatever. It was him actually sitting on a bench while the national anthem was playing and a veteran friend of his said, hey man, I think it would be less disrespectful to you know our veterans and to the you know America as a whole if you would kneel during the national anthem and you'd still get attention if you wanted attention. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how that whole conversation went down, uh, but that's pretty much the gist of it. Now, the problem here is he was benched before this whole thing went down. He was taken off the field and he was just demoted to second string or you know backup quarterback. Now, as you can probably imagine, somebody with his ego who had had like two years, three years previous to that, he had a pretty good year, but he wasn't doing very well now. And it and quarterbacks turn over in a year or mid-year. I mean, it doesn't take very much for your coach to be like, this shit isn't working. We're not winning games. We need to make a change. Now, I think that his original plan to sit down on the bench during the national anthem was really just him pouting, him having an issue with being put as the backup quarterback and him not wanting, you know, him saying something to his coach more than he was to America. And then he had that conversation with his veteran friend who probably just noticed because he was there or he was around. And then once he was kneeling on the field next to the other players, it was a bigger contrast for the cameras to pick out. And then they immediately jump on this thing like crazy pack of hyenas about, oh, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? What's going on? Are you trying to say something? And then, at a, you know, obviously during around that time, there had been probably, uh, a, I'm not sure exactly how many, but maybe in that year, several, you know, black men had gotten shot in, uh, by police. That was very politicized and very public. And the media, you know, obviously blast that more than anything else. So he saw that and he was like, you know what? I'm doing this because of black oppression and because we're getting shot in the streets uh, by by cops. And, you know, we just don't have equal rights as citizens in America. Now, I would completely be down with this message if the motherfucker wasn't a fan of Fidel Castro. Now, you can say that he was not wearing a Fidel Castro as much as he was wearing a Malcolm X shirt, but the dude had a Fidel Castro, you know, and and Malcolm X shirt on. And I don't care what you say, but what you wear is what you're promoting. And if you're promoting Fidel Castro during a follow-up interview because of police brutality of your people or because of some sort of oppression, and you're going to tell me Fidel Castro is not the epitome of that. You're a fucking retard. And I think that Colin literally jumped on this just to kind of ease the blowback he was getting for being a whiny bitch on the field 
And then everybody picked that up as him disgracing America and him, you know, basically saying that the police are pigs and they should be, you know, killed in the streets. Uh, It didn't help his case that he wore pig uh, police socks during practice. Uh, You know, as you can imagine, after you say something like that and then you wear socks like that, you're promoting a certain angle. But that's, again, that's not something that's rare. I think there's a lot of people out there that feel that pigs are cops. There are a lot of situations I've been in, and it, it continues to grow every single day where I get irritated with police presence. And I think that there are a lot of situations, especially in inner cities, the way things are going right now, that the police, the relationship between the police and the public, are, it, there's going to be a boiling point, and we're, we are going to reach it soon if something doesn't change. And one of the biggest things that that comes from is like the drug war. Now, I'm not going to go down the drug war path. I've already talked about drugs sort of in one of my uh, earlier episodes. I'll, you know, kind of break that down a little bit later on how much more I feel about that. Um, But it's a big deal, and there's a big reason why it feels like inner-city kids are being, you know, picked out by cops. Well, the problem is it's, it's not just that the cops are picking them out for no reason. It's because they learn in these inner cities that you can make money very easily if you're selling narcotics. And there's one thing that you can't tell a kid, you know, you have a short lifespan. These kids think they're going to live forever. They think that they can get away with whatever. So when you tell them there's easy money to be made, they're going to go make that easy money. So it increases the amount of police that are going after black men because they're the inner city kids that are doing this. Again, that does not mean that white people are completely innocent in this. I live in a very... Uh, country sort of county. Uh, I was a uh, CASA member, so I was a child advocate at court for foster kids. And almost all of the parents that I saw and all of the court cases that I attended were white parents that did drugs and the kids got taken away from them. And they were arrested or put in jail or whatever. And then the kids had to go through foster care. So I'm not saying at all that white people don't do illegal shit, but they also do get caught as well. And if you want to look at the numbers of people that are shot by cops, the number is greater for white people, but there are also more white-only areas. There are, like, places out in the Midwest, up in the mountains, that all you have are white people. All the inner-city people are, you know, a bigger mix of different races, so you have a higher concentration of police, which you have a higher concentration of potential police interaction, and then you have a higher potential of getting arrested and put into jail or getting shot during a dispute with a police officer. So, um, again, it, there's so many different things that kind of tie into that. And I, I, I don't want to make this entire thing about race. I don't want to make it an entire, entire thing about police brutality. But the longer that we continue to give a complete blank check to police officers on completely controlling our lives, the more Orwellian that we get, the more of this shit you're going to see. It's not going to stop. It's going to continue to grow, and it's going to be a problem. And it's coming from the legislators, and it comes from people that are voting with their emotions and not voting with their fucking brain. Now, police are not to blame for that. They're out there. They're enforcing the law as we have allowed to be written. But at the same time, you have to look back, and as a police officer, if you're listening as a police officer, you should be able to determine whether or not a law is actually a lawful thing to be in place. You know, law does not dictate morality. 
and it doesn't create morality. Uh, morality is a completely separate aspect, and law is not always in line with it. It used to be against the law for black people to vote. It used to be against the law for white women to vote, or women in general to vote. You know, To say that law is a good thing all the time is fucking wrong. And what the Nazis did over in Germany was technically lawful, but it was fucking wrong. And I don't think that there should be any argument that just because something is a law that you should be out there enforcing it. So to branch off of that a little bit more and kind of go back into what I was trying to talk about in the beginning here. Um, so Colin, he's out there on the field. He's saying all this stuff. He's you know doing press conferences with Fidel Castro's shirt on. And, and he's just, it becomes a complete shitstorm because no matter what his message was, people can't see past that. And they're just looking at the whole kneeling during the anthem as a shit on the shirt on, on our troops. They don't care what he said that he was doing it for. They don't care what the actual you know atmosphere of the country is. And since, you know, the fucking election, my God, you can't even think about having some sort of a different opinion politically. So, they automatically think that he's some left-wing crazy person and that he obviously hates anything about our troops. Now, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Obviously, this guy, one of this guy's closest friends was a veteran that told him, hey, man, don't sit down on the bench during the anthem. Why don't you try kneeling? It's a little bit more respectful. And he took that fucking advice and did it. You know, I don't think the guy hates troops. I think that people are making this narrative just because he didn't stand during the pledge Again, kind of back to the blocking traffic thing, this is a very good form of protest. Protests are not made to make you feel comfortable. You're supposed to be uncomfortable. You're supposed to be like, why is that guy doing that? That's really weird, and, you know, I don't like it. Okay, well then, why are they doing it? Listen to the man when he says he's doing it for a specific reason, you know? I don't think it's helping anybody. All right, I'm... I'm back. I don't know what the hell that was, but it was some really weird noise going through my microphone. Um, anyways, so if you're uncomfortable, that means that that protest is working. That means that you're paying attention. You're seeing what they're doing. And I think most people should sit back and be like, man, why is he doing this? It, I don't like it. All right, well, that means it's working. So to get angry at this guy for doing the kneeling during the national anthem and say that he is automatically saying fuck the troops and fuck America is disingenuous and you are you are not giving the freedom of speech its due diligence because that's what that is it's freedom of speech i'm a fucking veteran and i fought for his ability to do that now on the same exact hand it is well within the rights of the NFL as a business, as a private business, to notice that people dislike the kneeling during the national anthem so much that they make it a policy for their employees, which these people are employees working for the NFL. They're wearing a fucking jersey with NFL stickers on it that tells you that they work for this company. Okay? Get past yourself. Think about what they are doing as a business. If it is hurting their revenue enough, and I know a lot of fucking people that turn their fucking TVs off, they canceled their NFL subscriptions, and they stopped watching the NFL because they did not like seeing what was being portrayed during the National Anthem. So, if the NFL 
wants to make it a rule and mandate that every man stand up, they are well within their rights as a business to do so. It is not squashing freedom of speech because while you work for someone and you are wearing their uniform or you are their employee and you are on the clock, you cannot make the statement that they you can say whatever the fuck you want because that's not true. Companies have a right to dictate what their employers are doing on their company time. Okay, If you don't like it, go get another fucking job or quit working for that company and then go stand at your fucking capital and do whatever the fuck you want to do during whatever time of the day you want to do it. If you want to take a flag out there and you want to burn it on the ground or stand on it, do whatever you want to do. But guess what? Again, I want to I want to backtrack just a little bit on that statement because I, admit, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. You know, standing on the flag or burning the flag is well within your right. It's well within your First Amendment right. But it's also well within the right of someone to see that and get the fact that you're doing something that's controversial and and it creates a very strong emotion in some people and you cannot expect to not have some sort of blowback. The whole purpose of you doing that is so you get people to look at you and to get an emotional response. So when that emotional response becomes violent, you cannot be surprised. And I'm not saying that it is right to punch someone in the face for standing on the flag, but I can definitely understand why it would happen. It's just like having a girlfriend at a bar. And you're standing there, your girlfriend and you are having a good time, and some dude comes over and hits on your girl while you're at the bar. You're not obligated to punch that dude in the face. And technically, you can get in a lot of trouble for punching a guy in the face if he has not violently aggressed toward you. But that does not mean I can't understand why you'd knock the dude straight the fuck out, okay? So, if it comes down to it, and that's your property, and you want to do whatever you want to with it, that's fine. Go do that. But you can't expect to be able to make all of these statements while you're on the company clock. And that's the point that I want to make with the NFL. They're well within their rights to fire Kaepernick or do whatever they want to do or blackball him or whatever you want to say, If especially if he was already benched before any of these statements were being made. The guy was not doing a very good job. He was offered two jobs afterwards, and then his girlfriend said some crazy shit, and he got one of them taken away from the Ravens, and then he said something else, and he got the other one, or he just didn't pick it up. Probably because the dude knew he was about to get signed on for a fucking multi-million dollar ad campaign with Nike. All right? Now, Let's, all right, we're going to kind of recap on this just a little bit really quick before we move over just to, just to Nike here. Now, so Colin Kaepernick kneeled during the national anthem to make a statement about police brutality. It was construed as that he had done so because he hates troops, but that's not the case. That's not what he said he was doing it for. I think that he was doing it because he's a whiny bitch and he had gotten benched. And he didn't want to stand during the national anthem to say something to his team and his coach more than anybody else. But once the media asked him, he couldn't be like, oh, I was really upset because I was second string quarterback. You know, so he had to make up whatever was the first thing that came to his mind or something that was actually already being talked about by other people. And that's what he kind of stuck with. All right. The NFL is well within their right to stop you from doing something they don't like as a public statement under company time. If Colin Kaepernick wanted to go march in the fucking street or do some sort of a display or, you know, some sort of a an, an act on the steps of Washington, they could not do anything. He could not get repercussions for that. Uh, I'm Well, I'm sure there's some way that they could, you know, work that in to have that happen. But for the most part, they can't 
restrict your speech outside of the company and the company time. Now, there's also an argument that he's the face of whatever team he's working for or whatever team he's on, and they have every right to stop him from doing that, uh, those displays on the steps, uh, even if he's not on the field. But I highly doubt that that would be the case, uh, especially with the way things get politicized now. It's pretty much you know, an impossibility for you to not have some sort of political uh, stance that's out there in the masses for people to see. Now, like I said, uh, the NFL was within their rights to mandate that people stand during the pledge to help, you know, the fight off the blowback from people that were, you know, discontinuing watching it as long as that was happening. So now they're they're working their way back up to more people watching their games again and coming back to the games, and people must stand for the pledge of allegiance. Um, now, I I I do or not the pledge the the national anthem. Sorry, uh, the pledge is another discussion of a whole nother day um but the the anthem in and of itself wasn't around until i think uh 20 years ago or something it it is something that wasn't even it's not even a tradition that's been there since the nfl or or any of that it's it's pretty insane at how we become so accustomed to something so fast and all of a sudden we're like this is a tradition and we must do this forever um but anyways now to get over to nike All right, so Nike sees Colin, they see what he's doing, and they're seeing what's happening inside of the politics and the media right now, okay? Uh, They see this as a strong stance toward uh, black men and uh, black athletes, and you you can disagree with this if you want to. This is my personal opinion on what's going on here. Excuse me. If you... Look out there at people and what clothing that they are wearing. I think an overwhelming majority of the black community wear Nike brand material. They work. They wear Air Jordans or they wear Nike shoes. They wear Nike shirts. They wear all these other, you know, Converse. All these brands of Nike because they're nice shoes and clothing. And I know uh, several people uh, that I served with in the Navy and, and beyond that it was a, a, a sign of upstanding or, you know, of you having money or wealth by you having multiple shoes and by you have, having like matching set of clothes up from, to, from, your, from your fucking soles of your shoes to the fucking top of the shoe with your shoestrings all the way up to your watch, your earrings, your necklace, and your shirt, your shorts, your belt, every accessory that you could possibly have, and it all match. It was like a big fucking deal to people of the black community that I knew back then and now that they have this set. So think about how many sets it would take for you to get throughout a week or a month, all right? And these guys are going out, they're blow, they're putting a lot of money in to looking good, looking fly as fuck, and that's what they do. So... Whenever Nike looks at Colin and they're looking at their premium buyer, they're looking at the people that they need to reach out to. It's not the white people. It's not those folks out there that are buying a pair of Nikes, you know, once every four years. It's not these guys that you see that run around, you know, maybe with a, a Nike golf bag. It's those guys aren't making the fucking money. Those guys aren't the ones that are bringing in that massive revenue. You want these guys that are sleeping overnight or uh, fucking three nights in a row 
waiting on the new Air Jordans to come out or the new Nike Swoosh uh, fucking air pumps or whatever. I don't know what they even have. I don't wear Nikes because I'm a fucking white dude that isn't in the cool shit. But anyways, another thing is Nike's brand is geared toward people that are athletes. They're athletic. And there are things that people that want to go out and do stuff. Well, who the fuck is murdering everyone in the athletic departments? All across all fields. All fucking black people. They're so much better <laughs> at sports than white people. It is just a goddamn fact. That is what they're doing all the time. Crushing records, crushing people, fucking jumping over six dudes to, you know, land ten yards into the fucking end zone. It's it's a it's a known thing that if you just got a bunch of white guys on one team and then you put a couple brothers on the other, the brothers are going to smash. That's just going to be the way it fucking goes. And that's a reality. You know, that's something that you have to look at. And these guys are all wearing the same shit. They're wearing Nikes. They're wearing Air Jordans. They're fucking balling out there with the tees and the shorts and the headband and the wristbands to match, man. And, and it's all name brand. And, and Nike is looking at that, and they're like, okay, these are the guys that we need to reach out to to increase sales and make them more, you know, make them come back to us even more. And, and maybe Nike was losing to Under Armour. I don't know. I didn't do any goddamn research at all on any of this shit. I didn't research. This is all speculation. This is all me just working this thing out in my mind and trying to have some sort of a unbiased opinion on it. Um, but it's possible that Nike was losing out to a couple of these other name brands. It's very, very possible. And they were like, how do we get our loyal customers to stay loyal? And how do we get the guys that are out there buying other brands to come over? And and if you're looking at that as your target market, then Colin Kaepernick is the fucking easiest move to make. Because just by putting his name on there, you know for a fact that the media is going to jump on it. And guess what? We all fucking did. We bit that hook like we were a fat little bass that hadn't had anything to eat in about a month. We jumped on that hook so fucking fast. I have no, I've seen nothing but Nike and Colin Kaepernick and, and Nike memes and everything else. And I'll tell you what, no matter what the Nike meme is, you know exactly what it's supposed to be just in the color scheme and the lettering and as soon as you see it, you know they're talking about Nike. You don't even have to fucking read it. You just look at the picture like, oh, here's another Nike meme. Well, guess what? That is marketing. That works. There is no such thing as negative press. Well, not negative, but bad press. You get what I'm saying. This stuff is going to sell a fuck ton of gear. There's going to be shoes flying off the shelf. And if you are a fucking idiot... You would take your Nike gear and you would go out in your yard and burn it. You know why? Because you already paid for that shit. Nike got their money. Nike already has what they need out of you. So you burning your Nike gear in your yard, guess what? People are going to watch that and they're going to like, oh, look, he's burning Nike gear. He's burning some Nike shoes. They're only seeing the brand you're burning, dude. They don't give a fuck about what you're burning. They don't care about what you're actually doing. No one gives a shit. And especially Nike. Because all they're getting right now. Is constant media coverage. Constant. 
And it's not even from CNN or Fox or MSNBC or any of that shit. It's all on Facebook. It's all on Twitter. It's all on Instagram. It's all on Snapchat or whatever else you fucking got out there. It's these kids. It's adults. It's old people, especially the fucking old people. I've seen all kinds of people that I know that are on my family or, you know, from my time in the Navy that are all retired doing nothing but fucking posting shit about how Colin Kaepernick hates America and now Nike hates America, blah, 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 and they don't really know what the fuck they're talking about because that's not the case here. Nike loves America. You know why? Because they make a fuck ton of money here. They make so much money off of Americans, and they're going to continue to make money. They're going to continue to make sales because we're talking about them nonstop. When I go to the, the shoe store, and, and I got to go soon. The first thing I'm going to look at when I go in there is what Nikes they got on the table. And it's not because I buy Nike. I already told you I don't. I don't like Nikes. I like. I really like New Balance. It's, it's one of the brands that just fit my feet better. <coughs> but I can tell you right now, I'm not going to be able to help but look for the swoosh. I'm not going to be able to help it. I'll have to look and see what brands they got or what different styles they have. I'm going to be like, oh, man, I wonder if those Nikes feel nice. And even though I don't like Nikes, I'm going to think about buying Nikes when I'm there. Because that's all motherfuckers are talking about. Will Nikes make me perform better? Will they help me run faster? Are they going to help me do, you know, my yard work without me having hurt feet better? I mean, even simple shit like that. It's it's just a, it's a constant push of the name. And it doesn't matter if it's negative. If you don't get that after the 2016 election, you are a moron. You are a complete fucking idiot. I want to I want to say that one more time. If you think that this media coverage is negative to Nike's brand, you are an idiot. Because this is all good news for, for Nike. And it's all good news for Colin. That dude's good. he's got money now again. You know, it's not like he never didn't. It, his, he's never been the victim of the oppression that he was standing up for, which again I think is a is a, a kind of a big thing to say. You know, he, although he wasn't a victim of that oppression, he could still make a statement on it. To say that he can't make a statement on the oppression that or, or that are felt by other people is to say that a man can't say anything about abortion, or that a man can't say anything about women's contraception. Or to say anything about any woman ever. You know, I don't think that that's something that most people that are, especially people on the right, would be able to agree with. Because of course you should be able to say something even if you're not particularly feeling that exact thing. You should be able to look at something objectively and be like, oh yeah, maybe we should look at this and do it this way. Instead of me just jumping in and saying, oh, he can't say anything because he's fucking millionaire. Well, no, he can still see the people that he's around. He can still see the people that he grew up with or the people that he knows that are out there struggling or seeing something on TV and seeing something, someone that looks like him getting shot, you know, unjustifiably. And do not think for one fucking second that every shooting out there is justified because I've seen several of these videos and a lot of them are not. And we give way too much default innocence to police officers but again like i said i don't think that police officers are all bad i think that we just have so much that we put on their plate that they have to 
regulate and they have to go out and memorize and know and they just can't be experts in all of the laws that we have because we have way too many fucking laws. But still, they need to have policies out there that help them kind of patch up what's going on with the public right now. And I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know what we need to do to fix that. I, I don't think that Collins kneeling for the anthem was a shit on the troops, though. I think that he was just trying to say, hey, man, something needs to change. And I think that something does need to change in the sense that we need to be better toward one another. No matter what the cops do or what anybody else do does, I think that we've got to stop polarizing each other so fucking much over these stupid issues and getting so easily manipulated into doing shit like what we're doing right now. Like, hell, I'm doing it right now. I don't even know how many times I've said Nike during this whole episode, and I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to stop Nike from making sales. I really think that what they did was a smart business move. But I'm just saying, like, we have to get past all of that, and we have to start being like, you know what, man, I get that you have a different opinion, and I may not completely understand what you're trying to say, but I get the gist of it. And I don't think you're a bad guy. And once I get to know you, you're all right. And I think that, that most people, if they ever had a chance to sit down with Colin, they wouldn't think he's a terrible human being. They would be like, oh, man, once I get to know you, you're all right. You, you know, I think that what you're trying to say isn't that bad of a message. Uh, but, you know, nobody's going to take the time to do that because we're all too busy trying to be right. We're all too busy trying to be the person that makes the point that gets everybody to shut up or to get somebody to back away from a fucking comment thread. You know, that that's a fucking it's a sign of superiority. And I'm I'm guilty of that shit, dude. I I used to be throughout up until about 6 months ago, I was balls deep in all of these discussions. And I was constantly trying to be the guy that's like, "Yeah, man, I just murdered this dude. I just fucking killed him in the comments." And he had to, you know, he had to step away. He knew he was wrong. I was right. You know, I'm, I'm completely guilty of doing that. And, and yeah, it feels good to win an argument, but are you really winning the argument? Because no one changed their mind. You may have articulated it better, and you may have formulated the argument in a better way or had better statistics, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're 100% right. There could have been something you missed or something that they didn't think of to say to you. It's, it's very possible that you were completely wrong and there was just no one there specifically at that time that could actually prove it. And that's just the way a lot of things go now, man. Uh, but anyways, I've, you know, I've kind of rambled on a little bit here. I know I've, I've went pretty far. Uh, I don't want to continue to, to do that. So I, I really appreciate you tuning in today. I'm sorry if there was any uh, negative interference on my microphone before. I think I got it figured out, and if not, maybe I can edit that shit out, and uh, we'll be able to have a better, uh, a better entire episode next time. And uh, I've also decided that even if I've got a couple ums or hums or breaks, that you know, a little bit of microphone microphone silence, that I'm just going to let those ride. I'm not going to edit those out myself. Um, and I don't think there's that many of them. I don't think there's so many that it's going to cause a problem. But it's just too much time for me to go through and nitpick every single second of 
every single podcast because I've, I've done that a couple times now and it just wears me out. Um, I, I, you know, anyways, if you want to reach out to me, you know, please do. It's once you know me at Gmail. If you want to uh, get on the Facebook page, just, uh, you know, try to go in. I, I think I need to make that public or for a little while so people can actually get in and get on it. But it's, uh, it's once you know me podcast on Facebook. Um, if you want to follow me, I'm Johnny D Pope on Instagram. And, uh, other than that, I'll see you guys next time.